Welcome to Liberty Revealed, the only show where you will learn about all things liberty. Your host for the show is a registered libertarian who's been involved in politics for more than 25 years. He has a passion for teaching others about the concept of personal liberty. Please welcome your host, Mike Mahoney. I am a big believer in personal liberty. To me, my rights end where your rights begin. What this means is law should ensure that your freedom to live your life as you choose does not impact everyone else's freedom to live their lives as they choose. This is personal liberty. If you want to learn more about personal liberty and get more from this show, sign up to receive my 10-page guide on personal liberty entitled Liberty Revealed. You need to fill out a simple form located at yogispodcastnetwork.com forward slash liberty revealed. That's Y-O-G-I-S podcastnetwork.com forward slash liberty revealed. Once you read through that ebook, you are guaranteed to be in a position to apply the philosophy of personal liberty. Welcome to another episode of Liberty Revealed. I'm your host. Mike Mahoney. And today I have a guest and friend of the show, Abe Abdelhadi. Abe is the host of The Bitter Truth with Abe Abdelhadi. And you can find him at patreon.com forward slash The Bitter Truth. Welcome to the show, Abe. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me, buddy. How are you? Real good. I, f- I feel like it's only been a few days since I spoke to you last. Yeah, it's kind of funny how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happens when you have multiple shows. You should see my calendar this week. Yeah, poor baby. I want to jump right in because we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. You are one of the more pragmatic, you know, well thought through people that I know. And so since everybody wants to beat the orange pumpkin man, we are going to talk about the 2020 Democrat nominees for president. And then we're going to throw one Republican. And I put that in quotes in there. I'm just going to kind of pick at random some of the big names. Let's talk about Kamala Harris. Well, I mean, you're, you're in California. I lived in California until four years ago. Uh, she was one of the worst attorney generals in my lifetime. And, you know, people forget. Uh, I mean, now, I mean, look at her anemic voting record. She's almost like a female Obama. She's two years in the Senate, pro-corporate anemic voting record, which she was top, top. Her Republican opponent in 2010 ran to the left of her. He wanted to get rid of three strikes. and He wanted to make pot legal. And she was like, no, no, no. Um, as attorney general, she was sued three times for prison overcrowding. And on the third time she got sued, her people said in court that, um, well, if we let these people go, it'll affect the prison industry. And if you know anything about California, and I know you do, um, you're looking at 40% of uh, California state firefighters in the last few fires we've had are prisoners who make a dollar an hour with no benefits and no death benefit. And they're taking their chance and life's in their hands. And they're obviously safe enough to be in the population because they're just drug offenders, to be honest. That's Kamala Harris. That's her legacy. And then she would refuse to even investigate Steve Mnuchin when her investigators came to her and said, we've got a thousand cases of mortgage uh, foreclosure fraud. And they're like, we got a thousand more cases. And she refused to in, even indict him or even investigate him further. And it's interesting that, you know, Goldman Sachs was one of the contributors to her attorney general campaign. She just visited them with them last fall, got more money from them. And Steve Mnuchin was running one West bank who was the Goldman Sachs subsidiary. So emotionally and intellectually dishonest to tell me that those things aren't connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I totally agree with you on her. She was horrible here. Even her social media accounts are are just ridiculous what she says. She's now talking as though she is going to be the president for sure. Um, And I understand 
confidence and all that, but come on. So how about Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas herself? That's a least of her troubles. That never bothered me. I was like, all right, you know, you can you kind of bought into the Cheeto Jesus thing, and you got you're stupid to do that dopey test. But and she and she meant something when she first was doing that uh, consumer protection deal. Beyond that, I'm she's good at finger wagging. Like you know, she'll she'll give somebody a good tongue lashing, but then she doesn't introduce any legislation to convict these pricks. So I'm just sort of going, you know, how how bought in are you? And then you know, I'm sorry, you can't sit there and tell me. I should vote for Hillary Clinton. And then six months later, you're on CNN and they go, do you believe the primary was fixed? And she says, yes, without missing a beat. No equivocation, no anything. So you believe the primary was fixed, yet you spoke for that person anyway. You should have just kept quiet because now I don't trust her. So I, 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 she's, I, I got no use for her. She says she's a progressive. She may as well be Kamala Harris as far as I'm concerned. I know that offends a lot of people. Yeah, I totally agree. She, to me, is a complete non-factor. She's kind of like a Hillary light when it comes to her chances of winning. In other words, she has no chances of winning, in my right. opinion. Let's talk about someone from your state, Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> okay. So last year, everyone was mad at me because I voted for, um, in the primary, I voted for this woman named Seema Hernandez who on $4,000 got a quarter million votes. And Beto got 675,000 votes on $5 million. And I knew it was going to suck because Chucky the Shoom, otherwise known as Chuck Schumer, came down to give him the Dominus Abiscum blessing. And then, you know, you start digging a little bit. You see his voting record was horrible. He voted to deregulate the banks twice. Total take, totally takes APAC money. This is not very vocal against the wars. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's a lot of platitudes. He's basically Nancy Pelosi. And he's trying to go for Obama 2.0. And that hope and change crap is not going to work 11 years later, man. We want to hear at least five or six things that you want to do as president. And don't tell me you didn't think about it because you're thinking about running for president. So, so just say it and, and have some balls. I mean, I, I think he's just a gutless wonder. Well, you know, we've been negative so far, but I, I kind of have a feeling you're going to be more positive about this one. So how about Tulsi Gabbard? Uh, I got a feeling out of this whole list, that's the only one I'm going to be positive about. I, I, I like her. I mean, obviously, she was a vet that actually served. Uh, she wasn't peeling potatoes in the green zone. So I'm gonna re I'm gonna respect someone who's actually been shot at and watched her friends die. Say, hey, maybe we should get out of these regime change wars, and that's been a trillion two a year on defense. She got a lot of crap a little bit ago because when she was a kid, she was kind of like you know super religious when she was like 20. So was I. I got the t-shirt and I walked out. I got an early release for time served, so I'll cut her some slack. And then I look at her voting record for the last six years as a congressperson, and she's she's voted pro LGBTQ on every piece of legislation that's come by her. So she's, she's, she backs up what she says. And I love how she holds journalists' feet to the fire. These assholes do not think critically at all. And they throw these stupid CIA-weighted softball questions, and she just destroys them. And she's calm as a Buddha when she does it. So, I mean, I got problems with her. I think she's, still, she's stuck up for Julian Assange pretty well. And, you know, she's doing her best with Venezuela. I mean, you know, it's kind of sad, but this is kind of what, you know, what we got. And, and that's the Democrats. She's about the only one that I really like, you know, so far that I know of. Perfect. Yeah, I kind of already knew that answer because I've seen your, your Facebook post. And how about Mayor Pete? Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> how do you say his name? Buttigieg. Okay, because I keep calling him Booty Judge. All right, so. Well, you might as um, well. You might as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. Honestly. Uh, okay, I, I saw a couple of uh, press conferences with him, uh, a, a good part of a town hall. I saw this thing that he did on Vice. Honestly, God, dude, I think he's the gay Obama. I mean, like, Obama used the black thing, and whether he doesn't want to admit it or not, I mean, he, he did use it as identity politics. He had no platform, really, except for some of the cool things that he said he was going to do, which he didn't do. 
um, at all. Uh, Pete Buttigieg is the same thing. He's the gay Obama. He's Obama 2.0. Uh, I've seen him talk about values, and his big pet line is we got to get our values together before we get our policies. And I'm sorry, Mike, I've only known you a year, year and a half, but I seem to know what your values, you seem to get your values together. I think you got your values together. I don't, I, and you've run for office. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I have to worry about Mike Mahoney's values. I think I know what they are. We're still getting our values together before you can get your policy. Okay, that means you, you're just a jackass. And if you've been thinking about this for at least, I don't know, six months, you should come up with five things that you're going to do as president. He's a total waste of time. He's, he's got a 15 minutes and, you know, the, the, the boutique, uh, the bougie boutique uh, liberal is all into him because he's gay. I got, I got relatives that are gay. I don't care if you're gay. Uh, what are you going to do for me? You know, and being gay, like being a Martian, I don't care. Uh, what, what's your policy? What, you know, what, he had not mentioned one bit what he's going to do to get us out of wars. None of it. So I kind of don't care. Yeah, I think, you know, all I'll add about him is, He's going to rise or fall depending upon the media and whether they like him or dislike him. I think he has the potential to be in there at the very end. I don't think he'll get the nomination by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he'll have a, he has a chance to like carry through most of the primaries and be you know one of maybe the last three left standing. But that's only if the media decides they like him because if they decide they like him, they're going to spin the story. And make him sound like the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's what they're going to make him sound like. And you're right. He reminds me a lot of Obama and how Obama spoke and the things that he promised us. And I mean, we saw where that got us. So I'm not sure we really want him. So well, and at least with and at least and at least with Obama, I'm not sure, I mean, but yeah. at least with Obama, he actually had a few points. He had like two or three good points on a platform, other than just hope and change. You know, he didn't do any of it. He wasn't transparent. He didn't give us Medicare for all. I mean, or, or even a public option. Broke every promise he ever made, including the environment. Um, he's the fracker in chief. But, you know, at least he said things in his campaign. You know, Mayor Pete hasn't said jack. I mean, and, he, and, and by the way, a few months back, he got the Dominus Abyssum blessing from Obama. So that yeah. means DCCC cash is in there, DNC cash is in there, and the media's going to do exactly what they tell them to do. So he, he's going to be in as long as you think, I, I believe. I think you're right. And then what about Cory Booker? <laughs> oh my god i have never seen such an empty suit in my life i mean i remember, I remember about 14 15 years ago when he's still mayor of newark and um they, they uh esquire did a nice piece on him and you know when, when you're mayor it's more hands-on right so he was you know out there and doing stuff and he was at schools and he was in, in the inner city and doing stuff right and then um he got to the senate and no more an anemic duplicitous Politically bipolar, just piece of crap has ever occupied the Senate. I mean, like, and then that 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 constipated look he gets when he's feigning anger and indignation. You know, he's looking at Brett Kavanaugh, that dopey hearing. And I don't like Brett Kavanaugh, but I hate Cory Booker as much because he has the same stupid look on his face he has every time he's trying to show mock indignation, like someone coached him to look angry. Yep. And not a single platform point, by the way. That guy, he's really arrogant, if you ask me. Uh, I, I get bothered by him. And when I see that he's about to speak uh, on television, I usually turn the channel. I really don't like him. I, I like him less than I like Kamala Harris. And that's saying something because I really don't like her at all. I know you supported this guy before. How about Bernie Sanders? Ah, oh, Bernie, he's dead to me. He's dead to me. I spit on his shoes. I tear my clothes. He's dead to me. <laughs> I don't care, man. I, I mean, I, he's saying all the right things again. 
you know, but I just don't, I just think he's going to do the sheepdog thing, man. As soon as they push, I'm sure the guys on the list, we'll talk about him in more detail, but I'm sure as, as, as soon as they cheat Bernie again and pimp Uncle Joe Biden, he's going to wag his finger at us to, to vote for him because he's better than Trump. And I'm like, well, then no, he's not. You're a liar. Because I don't like Trump, but if you're going to tell me Joe Biden is better, uh, whatever. I mean, I, so I don't trust Bernie. I like, I just don't trust him. It's like people are like getting mad at me because they think he's this great hope. And I'm like, why should he lie to me again? And then when he, once he gets in there, what promises is he not going to keep? He's already lied on several occasions on some pretty big matters, like namely saying that Hillary sucks. And then he traversed the country telling us to vote for him. And I'm kind of going, wait a minute, man. She's a Republican. I thought, I, thought, I thought you were like against the wars and, you know, all this stuff. She's, she's for everything you're against. How can you tell me to vote for her? like ridiculous well that's the interesting thing is friends i have that are like you that were really big bernie supporters when he did that flip-flop <clears throat> they didn't go along with him because it's like saying i'm trying to come up with a good analogy that using food but it's kind of like saying it's kind of like saying you have a craving for mexican food and that's what you want you're craving mexican food but hey let's go out and have a hamburger uh right it's not it's not the same by any stretch of the imagination it's much more plain and it's not what you were it's not what you were into and his ideas were pretty uh different than any other candidate and yet then he wants us to say oh hey let's go after i want you to vote for hillary who is just the same old same old and just a bunch of crap the same as always and vote for her and why would you if you're if you're really excited by him and what he has to say She's going to put you to sleep. So uh, I, I don't get that at all. I know you're chomping at the bit, but I'm going to make you wait a little bit longer because there's two more names on here that kind of make me laugh. <laughs> well, we'll go with the one that makes me laugh the least first. Andrew Yang. You know what? I, I, I'm not a fan. You know, I mean, you and I would disagree on something like this, but I, am a, I, I, I like the idea that he has about a universal basic income. And I've seen long-term, long-form interviews with him. He's got ways to pay for it. Um, so it's practical. Obviously, he's got a business background, so he knows his way around a, a, a ledger. Um, but the rest of it is pretty, you know, standard corporate Democrat stuff. I mean, he's talking about getting out of the wars and stuff like that. But it, so far, I've only seen him really talk about that when he gets pressed. Um, so, I mean, he's got that hook, you know, the UBI, universal basic income. But, you know, beyond that, I, I'm not super excited about him. He seems like he's a decent fellow. He seems like, you know, he says what he means, but he just doesn't say a whole lot that, resonates past you know um uh values you know what i mean yeah you know that guy he uh I, I, as far as ubi goes it's way better than minimum wage if you ask me but yeah, makes sense. but um and, and oh and by the way you know just throw this jab out there you know we had this conversation about what would happen if we raise minimum wage and you know it's already happening prices have gone way up even flipping taco bell raised their five dollar box meal to six dollars after going up to fifteen dollars an hour it, it talk about talk about not wasting any time like boom yeah the devil's advocacy side i'll pay an extra buck to make sure i can at least afford to pay his car payment and you know i shouldn't be eating there anyway <laughs> but, but isn't the guy who got the extra money paying the extra buck too yeah but it, it, he's getting more if, 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 like, like like if he's like like for example b of a just went for twenty dollars minimum wage right you know, I, I don't know if that's going to affect my interest rates or whatever. It probably won't matter because it's the bank. They're going to screw me anyway. And then we've got some businesses out here in Austin that are offering a $12 an hour starting, like, you know, fast food type places. I see the signs. If that guy's paying the extra buck, okay, I get it. But he's also making seven, eight bucks more an hour. If the minimum wage is seven twenty-five, and he's getting 15 
know, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of torn on that. I mean, I know the studies in New York and Seattle have not been good. Hours getting cut back and things like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, the, jury, the jury's out. There's got to be a way to fix it. I think, you know, as, as JFK said, man-made problems are often solved by man. And then what did Taco Bell also do? Introduce the kiosk where there's no need for an employee. And in fact, just, just so you know, this morning we went to breakfast at Taco Bell and there was one employee working the front counter and the drive-thru and making the food. And I asked her, oh, are you shorthanded? Oh no, this is our normal schedule now because we have the key. Wow. So yeah, they're, they're, they're going to cut back. I, I guarantee you it's going to hurt more than people think. But here's the one that makes me laugh because you may, I have a feeling because you're, you're a well-read guy and you, you're, you understand what's going on in the world. You're going to know who this is. But I did ask somebody about this very person and they looked at me like, who? Uh, Mary Ann Williamson. Well, you know, it's funny. I had a big conversation about that over the weekend with somebody. Um, I got a friend of mine who's a big fan because she's got all her books and she goes, you got to look in there. I was like, yeah, okay, I will. I will. I will. And then finally she did um, Jimmy, Jimmy Dore or Lee Camp. Either way, it was a 30 minute interview. I saw the interview and I'm like, fuck Marianne Williamson because uh, I'm sure her work is awesome and people love her and she's got this whole self-care thing going on and I get it. But as far as someone who's got a grasp on some basic things that you get at a dinner party conversation, like, oh, international law and uh, the Constitution, she seems to have zero grasp whatsoever. Uh, the guy interviewed her, Jimmy Dore, it was Jimmy Dore, uh, Julian Assange came up, you know, and I think you and I pretty much agree on him. And uh, right away, she went to some uh, Rachel Maddow talking point. She goes, well... I just wonder how come he didn't show anything on Donald Trump and just show things on the Democrats. And Jimmy Dore was losing his mind. He's like, I'm sorry. Uh, the Democrats got caught cheating. You don't need to have uh, WikiLeaks on Donald Trump. He shoots himself in the dick three times a day. I mean, you know, he got him on tape, grab him by the, you know I mean? Jeez. I mean, so she did a lot of that. So I gave her the full 30 minutes and I was screaming at my computer. I'm like, oh, this is a big hurrah. No, thank you. Yeah, you know, she wants, she says that she wants to bring back a moral and spiritual awakening to the United States. That That's enough to make me say no. Uh, you know what? That's really, and that is something Nancy Pelosi would say. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, I'm tired of this platitude stuff, bro. I mean, I'm sorry, I know we got, I, got, I know we got, I got, we got a limit. So, so many people. So let's, let's talk about <laughs> Uncle Joe Biden. Oh my God. His sniffing women's hair is the least of his problems folks um the guy wrote the patriot act and if uh, and, and if anyone is a, a progressive or a libertarian or anybody that likes your rights he wrote that in 1994 and it sat around for seven years how do you think after 9-11 we had this 3,000 page document ready to go within two weeks and then patriot act 2 came out within a week and they found saddam hussein in the hole the backup on patriot act 1 that was uncle joe the crime bill that exploded the prison population and created these draconian drug laws. He also termed the coin or coined the term super predator. If you don't like Hillary Clinton saying it, I don't know why you'd like Uncle Joe saying it. He's the one who made it up. What he did with Anita Hill, any woman that's a feminist or anybody that likes women's rights or women to be treated like their sister should be pissed at how Uncle Joe treated Anita Hill. I remember that like it was yesterday. It was 26 years, 27 years ago now. And I'm just going, you gotta be kidding me, man. That guy is, Plagiarizer in chief is what he's going to be called. The guy's a blowhard. He's an idiot. Um, he's lucky to be in the Senate. I mean, he's had some personal loss, and I get it. 
I see my, my heart goes out to him with the kids and his son and his daughter when he was a young guy. I get that stuff, but on a, on a policy level, separate that from from his policies and how he uh, how he legislates. He's horrible. And then I saw an article the other day that I reposted on my Facebook page. You know, he says he's not sorry for anything he's done, and I'm just like, well, that's because you're an idiot. So, yeah, that's the short version. Wow. And and I just read an article over the weekend about him and about how Obama, without, without being direct, Obama basically discouraged him from running in 2016. Uh, he, th- he thought that Hillary had a better chance of winning. And, you know, it's probably true, which is sad when you think about it, but it's probably true. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. to think that here's a guy who chose you as his running mate, figuring that if, you know, he, he's telling the country that, hey, if something happens to me, this guy has my stamp of approval. And then worked right. with him for eight years and essentially didn't back him to run for president. I mean, that tells me there's a lot of things wrong with Joe Biden. Yeah. Or maybe Obama wasn't in the mood to commit suicide that week either. You know, there is that. You know, maybe he didn't feel like committing cases. <laughs> so, you know, he was like sort of going, well, you know, I kind of want, I want to see my daughters go to college. I don't feel like dying this week. Maybe <laughs> I can't prove that. I'm just being kind of funny. But well, I don't you know, know my audience my audience will appreciate that because of course you know how libertarians ra- run the gamut of the spectrum and so you know like <clears throat> I don't know if I told you this but when we were at the California convention uh we met a guy who's running for president and his name is Vermin Supreme and <laughs> and I got to say the guy was a super nice guy like a really nice guy he's clearly doing this to kind of make a joke i guess he ran in 2016 and he was at the libertarian national convention and when he was interviewed he said something to the effect of i'm very different and i'm outside of party lines and i'm sure that the party would appreciate me telling you that so he knows that he's not like your normal guy but a super nice guy we made jokes because when we first met him i'm like vermin supreme sounds like a taco bell meal we're back to taco bell again but that's what it sounds like you know they got all their supreme this and supreme that well there he was and this guy, he's raising money by buying ties from the Goodwill, washing them, and then putting his name in glitter paint on them and selling those. That's his fundraiser. Okay. This guy has run for president as a Republican, as a Democrat, and as a Libertarian. And here's what I find interesting. As a Republican and a Democrat, he got several thousand votes. As a Libertarian, he got like five votes. So first of, first of all, the m- numbers boggle the mind because a lot of libertarians will vote for another libertarian in their state just because it's a protest. But this guy didn't even get libertarian votes. Yet he managed to do quite well as a Democrat, for instance, and fairly well as a Republican. It's, it just trips me out. But now talking about strange names and strange people, I'm going to read you a quote, okay? And then I'm going to tell you the guy's name. He says, I'm running for president because we need dreamers in Washington, but we also need to get things done. I've proven again and again I can bring people together to produce the progressive change Washington has failed to deliver. Join me and we'll repair the damage done to our country and be stronger than ever. Now, I read that quote and I say, you just lost every person who has even the slightest bit of interest in Trump. You're done. Like, you're, you're saying that he damaged the country that's going to piss them off, whether it's true or false, going to piss them off. Right. John 
Hickenlooper. Oh, brother. Yeah, okay. Former governor of Colorado, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, honestly, man, he's kind of like the corner of my ceiling. It's there, but I don't really think about it. Um, I don't think he has said anything that really got my attention, and that quote of his definitely didn't get my attention. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know what his policies are. I haven't heard much from him. Uh, I heard he was running, but I, it didn't even whip on my radar. Yeah, he might, he might be something for you to look at, though, because apparently Justice Month, he released an anti-monopoly proposal that expands antitrust legislation um, okay. and limits worker non-compete agreements. Couple of that that worker non-compete agreement part, I definitely agree with. I, I have a problem with extremely like restrictive non-compete, yeah, and I tend to routinely violate them. No one heard that, but I do tend to routinely violate them. Um, <laughs> but you can edit your own show. You're good because I say go ahead and sue me because you're gonna lose. So right. yeah. All right, let's look here. Let's look here. Um, how about hmm? Not much left here, is there? Oh, the guy I really want to talk about. Bill Weld is running as a Republican against Donald Trump. And you want to say, before you say anything about it, you want to hear something funny about Bill Weld? Bill Weld is a lifetime member of the Libertarian Party. He paid the lifetime member dues. Now, it's not that much money. It's like a thousand bucks for a guy like that. It was a drop in the bucket. But he left the Libertarian Party without so much as even reaching out to the LNC and saying, hey, I'm leaving the party. He just announced that he's now a Republican, right. his registration, and now he's running against Cheeto. Yeah, I saw that. And I saw him interviewed, I think it was on Fox News or CNN. It was one of those mainstream things. He talked for about five or 10 minutes. What did he have to say? Um, I don't really have a problem with any of these policies. I just think we, should, we need to be a nicer country. You know, and he wants to be a nicer tweeter. It, it, it was all about decorum and all that happy horseshit that nobody gives a crap about. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, wh- okay, so what's what what what's what what is decorum about blowing the crap out of people and spending a trillion dollars to do it? What is decorum about occupying 80 percent of the world that hates our guts and because we keep bombing them and taking their stuff and raping their Japanese women and everything else? Uh, we're everywhere we're not asked to be with a technology that is outdated we don't need to be everywhere. we could blow up anybody from austin texas we don't have to be in japan we don't have to be a nato deal it's just one thing after and he didn't get into any of that it was just all about this guy well he's a rude guy there's no you know dignity to him i'm like that's it that's your pitch dignity uh, it's just i i was i was just wildly impressed i wasn't thrilled with him when he was running with gary johnson i thought gary johnson was pretty cool and i thought well he's vp i get it and he's got the same kind of track record you know, governor in a, in a blue state, and he, he did well. But as as far as you know, his new deal coming out, it's just so tone deaf. It's 100 million people have stayed home in the last two cycles, man. If you want to get them to come out and vote, you got to say something compelling, or they're going to vote with their ass. Well, exactly, and, and it's it shows you the state of our politics when so many people don't vote. I mean, oh yeah, it's we're we're actually. Um, Here's here's how screwed up people's thinking is. We are uh, running a recall campaign uh, for a city council member uh, here in my city, and someone 
was going to sign that you, know, you have to have uh, 20 signatures on the notice of intent in order to serve it on the candidate. And so the guy I'm working with uh, who lives in her di this district found 20 people. Well, one person pulled out because they said, well, you know, I voted for that person. And even though I don't think that what they did was right, I, I it makes me feel wrong that I voted for them and now I'm voting to you know, get rid of them. Well, I sure hope that doesn't happen in 2020 because that means we're going to get four more years of Trump. And I mean, and I think this list guarantees that we're going to get four more years of Trump. Unfortunately. Oh, listen, if, 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 if the only person on that list so far that you've mentioned that's got a chance of beating him, a chance in any way, shape, or form is Tulsi Gabbard. The only one. Because the rest of them are still, they're all telling the corporate line. And I, I, and I, and I, and I throw Bernie in that mix. Because if Bernie got the nomination, and that's a big if, and if Tulsi got the nomination, they're the only two that would have a chance of beating Trump. I don't trust Bernie. It's a different story. But everyone else on that list, that anemic list, not a shot in hell beating Trump. Not a shot in hell. People love to forget, because the Democrats can't take responsibility with a gun to their head. People love to forget that the states Trump took in the Olympic College, Hillary refused to visit. And why? Because Bush screwed up. He screwed those people economically. Obama came in. They figured, hey, let's vote for the black guy with a Muslim name. That flamed out. They were still wrecked. And here she's saying the status quo is great and everything's fine. And the last eight years have been awesome. Let's stay on the same course. And everyone's uh, really? Have you been to Pennsylvania? Have you been to Indiana? And and she's like, why, why, are my, why are my numbers so low? It's like because you're a corporatist who's out of touch. And, and people voted with their ass. I saw this great interview with a bunch of uh, black guys in Ohio. And they were in a barbershop, and this guy walked in, and he's like, ask, you know, uh, another black journalist guy, and he's like, hey, hey, so who'd you vote for? We didn't. Oh, who'd you vote for in 12? Obama. Who'd you vote for in 08? Obama. Wow, why didn't you vote this time? Well, because he failed, Bush failed, and she's saying that everything's great, and I can't vote for Trump. So I stayed home. <laughs> yep. And, and, that's and that's the problem. You're not, you're not creating a compelling reason for these people to get off their ass. Why are they going to come out and vote against their own interests? And, they, and, and even though Trump was lying, he ran to the left of Hillary. And people forget that, too. He ran to the left of her. And even though he was lying, he was saying something. And he was in those states three times a month. He was in those states twice a month. Big rallies, saying the same thing over and over and over, beating that message into the people's heads. Hillary wouldn't even visit. Wouldn't even come over. So there's a lot of responsibility the Democrats don't ever take. But if they got Bernie in there, they would cheat him and make it uh, Biden or Kamala or whoever. Um, and if he did run, honestly, and let's say he did win, I don't believe he would do half the stuff he says he's going to do. Well, I don't know what's happened to this country since 1992. And the reason I bring up 1992 is that's the last time that a president lost his reelection campaign. And that was, um, you know, George H.W. Bush. And he lost because of the read my lips, no new taxes pledge. And for some right. For some, I mean, let's let's in retrospect, that's a teeny tiny little issue, really oh. small. I mean, oh, so yeah, exactly. And yet, that's the reason he did not win re-election. And yet, you got a guy like Trump that every time he opens his mouth, uh, falsehoods come out. And yet, for some reason, I, I don't care. People can pick on his approval rating all they want, but his approval rating keeps going up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. I see no reason for it to go up. Why is it going up? What has he done that people approve of? I really don't get it. I don't get it either because his tariffs are failing. We got more countries getting off the dollar in the last year and a half. 
can't invade China, can't invade Russia, can't invade India. You can't invade everybody getting off the dollar. You know, in fact, a, a couple of months back, uh, Venezuela just sold a ton of oil to India, and they used the petri yuan, which China invented last year because they were they were over this whole tariff nonsense that he instituted, and they used the petri yuan to buy soybeans from India, not us anymore. So you're sitting there going, all right, well, then that's not working out. You can't legislate by tweeting that. And so why he's successful, I have no idea, because he likes to pick on Mexicans and Muslims. That's, that's about the only thing he does kind of right is he just talks smack, unfounded, unfounded crap at the border. You know, unfounded stuff about, you know, Muslims in this country. It's like, okay, we just, you know, how many Muslims have we had in this country that's done anything since 9-11 except for a couple of psychotic guys? They're almost all white guys, white, quote, Christian guys. And nothing as far as mass shootings go. I mean, he, he's just he's just he's just a weak. He, he's a spoiled, rotten trust fund baby who was born on third base, spent his whole life thinking he had a triple. That's that's Donald Trump. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I I just don't get it. You know, you talk about China. Um, there's a thing. There was a meme going around in libertarian circles talking about how. You know, China, look at the size of China. Look at look at how much economic power they have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yet, how many wars have they been involved in lately? Zero. Zero. Yeah. So, and, and you know how many bases they got outside of China? Yeah, zero. <laughs> well, actually, it, it's one. It's actually one. <laughs> oh, boy. It's, oh, yeah, it's one. It's on the east coast of Africa, right across here from Saudi Arabia. That's the only one they have in all of the world. And they're China, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. It's I. I don't understand. I don't understand this whole war machine. Other than that, a lot of people are getting rich. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. But so, I mean, the, the rest of these people in here, they're they're really not worth uh, talking about. If you ask me, is there anyone on this list that you feel like talking about that we haven't already? Honestly, you know, honestly, I'd be repeating myself if we talked about say Christian. Kirsten Gillibrand or um, uh, shoot, now the rest of them are spacing on me. Uh, that Moulton guy, I don't even know who the hell he yeah, is. Seth Moulton, you know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know who, who the heck that guy is. Uh, you know, and some are going to rise to, you know, some cream is going to rise to the top. But this is something that the DNC and their arrogance, and plus they would rather lose with a corporatist than they would win with a progressive. They don't ever want to win with a progressive because that means the donor money stops. And they're more about the donor money than they are about actually changing policy in this country. When Democrats argue with me about that, I'm like, gee whiz, I don't know if you noticed, but Trump got 26 federal court appointees, including one Supreme Court justice before the Brett Kavanaugh thing. And before Labor Day weekend, there was 15 circuit court judge appointments left. And Chuck Schumer and everybody else wanted to clear out the Senate two days before Labor Day weekend so they can have a jump on Labor Day weekend. So Chuck Schumer fast-tracked Mitch McConnell's list in an hour. No meetings, no hearings, nothing. They all got appointed. They all got approved. Trump holds the record for or for federal court justices in the same time that he was president. That record has been held since 1890. Yeah. And Trump beat it. And the Democrats helped him. Bernie didn't fight it. Elizabeth Warren didn't fight it. Chuck Schumer didn't fight it. I thought, I'm sorry, these are lifetime appointments. I thought the Republicans were evil, but apparently not so evil if you want to make uh, Labor Day weekend early enough, right? So I'm just tired of these guys, man. I'm just, so when Democrats get all precious and clutch their pearls and like, my ex-girlfriend was talking to you the other night on the phone. We're still good friends. And she's, and we start talking about this stuff. He goes, I don't want to talk politics with you. 
I don't want to talk about this with you. And I'm like, why? Well, because you, you, you think you're so right. I'm all, okay. She goes, I'll vote for Joe Biden before I vote for, for, for Donald Trump. I'm like, I'm not telling you to vote for Donald Trump. But your statement that you would vote for Joe Biden tells me that you know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. Because if you would vote for Joe Biden at all, I'm voting with my ass if it's those two. I'll vote for the Lib or I'll vote for the Green Party. But I sure as hell ain't voting for those two. And yeah. it's like, and that's where people, if they had balls and just voted their conscience, more people, you, you see Ross Perot level numbers. Remember when he took 17% of the vote in 1992? Mm-hmm. Right. And you know what? To the credit of the GOP, this is a whole other hour, to the credit of the GOP and frame this Kodak moment because I don't really, I really credit the GOP, but they don't do that whiny, pissy thing that the Democrats do when they lose. When they lost, they went to George Bush, hey, man, you didn't present, you didn't present your case. Otherwise, you might have won. They didn't blame Ross Perot on 17% of the vote. They didn't get mad at him. Ralph Nader takes 1.5% of the vote in an election that Gore should have won. And the Democrats sit there and they blame Ralph Nader for the one point, or they blame Jill Stein for the 1% of the vote she got for Hillary Clinton losing. I right. right. blame Jill Stein and Gary Johnson to me. Well, he got, he got less, he got like 0.9% of the vote. I'm like, I'm sorry. Okay. And him and Jill Stein, that's not even 2% of the vote. And Hillary Clinton still won the popular vote. You know, this electoral college business, we have it in this country. So her people should have been strategizing on that, and they didn't. Yeah, they didn't figure out the right roadmap, that's for sure. But hey, this Seth Moulton guy, you got to hear about this Seth Moulton guy, okay? He, this is a guy who, he's a congressman from Massachusetts. He was first elected in 2014. He wants to be president already? Uh, I don't know about this guy. But here's here's what I do like about him. He's one of the de- few Democrats who voted against Nancy Pelosi's selection as Speaker of the House. So he has half a brain. Wow. So he's got half a brain. Half a brain and a set of balls, man. Because I and promise he, you, she blackmailed everybody. Yeah, and he regularly um, calls for a change in leadership within the uh, Democrat Party and in Washington. He made it really clear uh, when he announced his campaign on April 22nd that he's not a socialist, that he's a Democrat. And he says that that's going to be a differentiator in the race. And, you know, he, he's smart. That may very well be a differentiator in the race. I think if... Um, well, let's back up here. Devil's advocate, differentiator and how. I'm going to bring you the same corporate bullshit Democrat policies that have gotten us Donald that's, Trump. Awesome. That's exactly, where I was, that's exactly where I was going to go with it. You know, he's going to try to play that. <laughs> I'm not a socialist and socialists are bad and don't vote for this guy because he's a socialist and don't vote for that guy because he's a socialist and I'm going to do right. things differently. And then, you know, when you check his campaign donations, you know, um, Wall Street's giving him money and uh, pharmaceutical companies are giving him money. I guarantee you that's what's going to happen. It's, it's, well, a, you look at, you look, well, to piggyback back on Beto O'Rourke real quick, um, you know, he was like, oh, I don't take any PAC money. Yeah, but you did bundling. Because he took number two Texas oil money behind Ted Cruz, and it wasn't by a, a gazillion dollars. It was number two by like fifty thousand dollars. Like Ted Cruz is taking like nine hundred grand of Texas oil money. A, a bit of work took like eight forty or some ridiculous. Like, and it's all bundled, so it's not packed, but it's all like you know, like executives will turn in thirty credit cards and they all charge the max on them, kind of a thing. And now he's having twenty five thousand dollar plate dinners in New York City last week. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's funny. I was I was telling my wife that we were having a conversation after the last time I was on your show. And I finally figured out some things about the connection between you and I. I think that we see things very similarly. We just come at them from different 
perspectives. Like, you know, you're, you're right. People need to make more money and they need to have the money to survive, but I'm not sure minimum wage is the way to do it. You know, I think, I think that um, UBI is not a bad uh, approach. And I just think that people are afraid to give that a try. And I think maybe some, I'm surprised California hasn't issued some kind of universal basic income as a test. And it would be a good place to test it, actually. Well, Alaska does it. And they're having some success with it. And honestly, I, I don't mind. I, th- I prefer the UBI over minimum wage because it would make up the difference. But um, I don't want it to necessarily be an either or. I mean, obviously, you need to do more studies with the minimum wage because, like I said, Seattle and New York are having a hard time with it. But a UBI, you know, where do you get it from? Defense. We don't yeah. get a trillion two. Man. I could take $200 billion, put it in the Department of Labor, and I, I can have everybody that you know can only afford to pay 11 bucks an hour get a subsidy from the Department of Labor and pay the other fifty, the other four dollars an hour. Or if we got a UBI problem solved, and guess what that comes out of? Raytheon's profit. You know, the health insurance companies, two thirds of their profits are derived from taxpayer dollars. So you're not you're, you're against Medicare for all, but you're not against socialism for the rich. Screw that. No, I agree with you. You and I have a lot of uh, similar takes on things. It's, it's you know, some of it's a matter of approach, and some of it maybe I'm too left. But you know, I mean, also I'm not a I'm not a like, you know, I'm, not, I, I'm sorry, I buy Nikes and I buy Adidas. Okay, these are the deals with the devil that I make. All right, so I know where they're made and I get it. But to me, the bigger footprint is, you know, how we spend our money, how we affect the rest of the world. You know, and we could have a life economy versus a death economy. I mean, you know, if, if it only costs $20 billion a year to feed the entire world hungry. I'd rather give Tyson Foods to make some chicken or, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, vegetable companies with money and support those industries the way we support defense. You know, if we pay Raytheon and, 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 and uh, Julia Packard and all these guys to make stuff that kills people, well, how about we give Tyson Foods a couple billion bucks a year and they get the chicken for everybody? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> what you guys have in Orange County with that $900 million fund that's sitting there and they're not even using it for the homeless, it's more expensive to have homeless people out in the street than it is to put them in a place. Well, and, and by the way, since you mentioned that, there was a big fight in our city about a homeless shelter that's pretty much mandated by the lawsuit. And um, the uh, people were complaining about one location because it's too close to kids, too close to senior citizens, too close to schools, too close to residences. Bad idea, bad idea, bad idea. And then the comment was always, we're not opposed to a homeless shelter. We're just opposed to the location. So they decided to move it to an industrial location. All right, great. Now, this industrial location sits, of course, in an area full of, you know, warehouses and whatever. And the first thing that uh, happens is the very same people, not the people close by, but the very same people are like, that's like uh, two miles from a junior high. Yeah, two miles as the crow flies. You got to climb over two like 12 foot tall fences, walk through a ditch that's full of water and then another mile walk after that, and you're going to get to the to the junior high. Yeah, like the homeless people are going to do that. But here's the thing. The very same people who were saying they weren't opposed are suddenly opposed to this because it re- the real truth is they're opposed to a homeless shelter, period. And they figured it was a winner-take-all battle. Either they were going to lose and they're going to have a homeless shelter there or they were going to win and there wouldn't be a homeless shelter anywhere. Now they're finding out that, well, they're, seri- they're dead serious about this. So then their next ploy is, well, it's not zoned for residential use, but do they not remember who controls the zoning in a city? City council. They'll just change it, you know? But my point is how inconsistent people are about their approach. Like, that's one of the things that I love about you, and it's why I get along with you so well, is 
you're consistent and you've told me that I'm consistent and I believe I'm consistent. I, for one, I don't care what my wife thinks about an issue. If I don't agree with it, I don't agree with it. It just is what it is. And I'm not changing it unless you give me something tangible to chew on to make me change it. Otherwise, I'm not changing it. But you got a filter. I don't interrupt you, but I mean, you got right. a filter, though. You got the same filter I got. The filter is it's not cool when my side does it. Yeah. That's the filter. That's it. It's not cool when my side does it. It's not cool when your side. It's because the thing is wrong. If right. it's wrong, right, is wrong, and get... right is right. Wrong is wrong, yeah. right is right. Period. Yeah. Period. And it's like, it doesn't matter if my side did it. It doesn't matter. Like with the Russiagate thing, I hate Donald Trump with a burning white intensity of a thousand suns. I cannot begin to tell you how much I hate that guy's guts. However, the Russiagate thing was completely unjust. And if you throw that guy on the spit with an evidence-free conspiracy, well, then we're all up for grabs, aren't we? Right? All you got to do, Alex Jones, oh, I don't like him. Okay, well, um, there's, there's, there's other things we can do. There's remedies in the courts. You don't take away his thing because guess what's going to happen? And sure enough, when the left started getting their crap taken away from them, Mint Press News and Truth Day started getting their crap deplatformed, all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, it's a business because they were happy with Alex Jones. So they didn't care what other voices got stifled. Like, that, then you're an idiot because it was wrong to do it to Facebook and Twitter to Alex Jones. It's wrong to do it to Mint Press News. You know, it's like if you don't like what they say, you can sue them. If they did something illegal, you can arrest them. Those are the laws at our disposal. I don't need to come up with these draconian 1984 laws and create a dystopian society where, you know, you, you can't even say anything about APAC, for example, unless they call you an anti-Semitic person. And I'm like, uh, I'm anti-shitty policies. I'm not anti-Semitic. I like Jews. I know a ton of Jews. Um, but, you know, criticizing a government's policy, that's like saying I'm Islamophobic because I go after Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And, and you know, I've been criticized by libertarians for, quote, not being libertarian enough. And um, I always laugh at that because, like, first of all, you know, we please libertarians listening to this, don't get upset by this comment. But like we walk around and we crow about a guy out in Riverside who actually is a great guy, but he is a county supervisor. And that is the highest seat we hold in the country. Okay, that ought to tell you how successful uh, your we want it all uh, or nothing policy is working for you. It's not working well at all because that's the highest elected official in the entire country that is a libertarian. I always say you got to learn to work with other people. So like we just said, you and I, we we have the we want the same end result. We approach it in a different way. I'm going to tell you that if you and I sat on a five member board somewhere together, we'd always be voting together constantly because you're going to vote for what's right. And so am I, you're going to vote against what's wrong. And so am I, and it isn't going to be, Oh, well, you know, I'm a little more to the left than you, or I'm a little more to the right than you. It's none of that. It's about, here we go. Here's an issue. Here's the proposed solution. Is it a right solution or a wrong one? Oh, it's a wrong one. Then it's a no. And I don't care if 10,000 people line up at a meeting and moan and groan at me. If I've done my research and my staff has done the research and I feel it's wrong, I'm voting against it. I don't care what you say. That's how it is. I had a lady ask me, how come you didn't come to the meeting where they were deciding to place the homeless shelter at the uh, at the industrial place? And I said, because, number one, I didn't have a problem with either location. 
And number two, I trust the city council to do what's right, period. And you know, how could I lose? If they voted for the one location that wasn't industrial, I'm okay with that. And if they voted for the other one, I'm also okay with that. And you know what? You know what I've been doing lately, Abe, and you'd love this, is people say, oh, well, how come, um, how come Brea isn't putting in a shelter? Oh, so what you're saying is because Brea is not doing the right thing, we shouldn't do the right thing. And then it's like crickets because we got no response to that. And that's the thing. Right. Do the right thing, period. I don't care if you're Libertarian, Republican, Green Party, Democrat. Do yeah. the right thing. Do the right thing and don't worry about whose side is doing it. That's, that, that, that's, it's, it's, that's the most ignorant argument. Chris Rock used to have that great joke when he was uh, – he had this bit called niggers versus black people. And, you know, he got a lot of crap for it. And it was on the first special bring the pain. And one of the lines in there, he's, you know, he's like, he's all, Hey, it's not all black people on welfare. White people are on welfare too. You know? And he's like, black, black people do 12% of the country. And we're starts cheering. He goes, yeah, but, 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 but hang on. That doesn't mean we do it. That doesn't mean we're ignorant. Just because other people are ignorant doesn't mean you'd be ignorant. And I'm like, bingo. That's it. It's like, you know, I'm not against welfare. If you need it, you need it. But his point on generational welfare, which, you know, he was making that point, And then he's like, white people do it, too. So don't sit there and but don't sit there and say, because white people do it, it's OK. You know, it's like it's it's not OK. It's we're, we got a problem in this country and he's addressing it. And you know, he got a lot of gas for that bit. But it was a good bit. And, you know, I mean, shoot, it's like the the, the issues that, you know, folks, when they, they don't take umbrage with anything unless it's their side doing it, then they're OK with it. You know, like like, yeah. you know, when like when, when Bush went into Iraq illegally and in Afghanistan, none of whom had anything to do with 9-11, there were people protesting in the street, doing this whole wannabe Vietnam thing. Then Obama comes in, does his little apology tour of the Mideast. Three months later, he's right back at it, bombing the crap out of people. We get into Libya, we get into Syria, we get into Sudan. Uh, we, we're, we're, we're in Niger, we're, we're in Lebanon, we're everywhere. We're bombing eight countries right now. We supported the thing in Yemen. And the Democrats went to sleep at the wheel. And every time I bring up a hospital or whatever, oh, it must have been bad coordinates. Obama would never do that. Really? Okay, he dropped 26,000 bombs in Syria in 2016 alone. I don't think all those bombs were bad coordinates. No. He had to kill us every Tuesday. And, and now these people are barely noticing that Trump has been bombing in the Middle East because his numbers are double that of Obama. And they're going, oh, look what he's doing in the Middle East. Okay, you didn't care what Obama did for eight years. But now you care that Cheeto Jesus is doing it? It's, it's wrong to spend our money like Ron Paul says, to go create terrorists and make people hate us. Like, if we went to Tyson Chicken and said, hey, man, can you make a bunch of chicken for Africa? Can you process a bunch of chicken and we'll just give you the money? They'll take that contract, and the Africans would like us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, they wouldn't hate us. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yemen is starving to death right now. No medicine, no food. They're, they're bombing water supplies. They're bombing food uh, storage places. They're bombing... Of uh, food manufacturing factories in Yemen, every war crime conceivable, the Saudis are doing, and only the reason they're noticing it at all in the Democratic Party is because a, a reporter got killed. One of their elite reporters got killed. The only reason why they noticed it. But when but when they're bombing Yemen wholesale and beheading people all over the place, and we didn't care because they gave money to Hillary, so that's okay. But now they give money to Trump's daughter and her nonprofit. Oh, they're bad. That's bad. Dude, exactly. it's wrong exactly it's wrong and it goes back yeah. to what's right and what is right and what's wrong is wrong and it doesn't matter. i don't really care who it is that um i mean when i you know, years ago i was really involved in church and i would tell people you know what you're 
you're not really into the religion. You're into that guy up there that speaks every Sunday. You worship him. Oh, no, I don't. Well, then why haven't you ever changed churches? Well, because I really like Pastor Bob. You know, he's a great guy. That's the point. You worship him. You don't, you're, you're here because of him. And if he leaves, leave. And sure enough, Pastor Bob leaves, they leave. I mean, uh, people, people are like lemmings and they, they find something to follow. And I mean, I've told you this before. I think that politics and religion are the same exact thing. Um, people yep. who they worship and whatever that person says, they bow down to them. And you know what? Libertarians, you know, they're, they're different because they allow people to have their say. But I'm going to tell you, we run into problems with that as well. I mean, doing what's right versus what's wrong. We, during our convention, there was credentialing that needed to happen in order to vote. And they published well ahead of time that credentialing opens at 7 and it closes at 9. If you don't have your credentials, you can't vote. Dude shows up at 10.30 and they're still doing the credentialing and she announced, it's actually it was like 10.25, and she announces that they're going to close credentialing at 10.30. He has a cow because he says, how dare you take away my right to, to vote in this? Well, hold on. You had two hours while it was open. They've already kept it open another hour and 20 minutes. You just walked in and you're saying they're violating your rights. How about my right to have this meeting start at nine o'clock like it was supposed to? And this is where they run into issues is, you know, we're having a, a big battle in Los Angeles County's um, chapter because there's a pedophile who has a bunch of young guys in their 20s that are going to meetings and disrupting the meetings. And yes, I can say that he's a pedophile because he's been convicted of it. Um, so, there you, go. you know, he's a pedophile, not going to mince words on that. And yet nobody in leadership really does anything about, well, I shouldn't say that. The, the LA County leader, she's doing something about it. But the other leaders, they don't do anything about it because you know what? We can't force him. We can't tell him what to do. And that's the flaw in that system. And see, that's where, you know, I'm, I read something today that said, you know, am I Republican or Democrat? No, I don't join a cult. That's kind of how I feel about political parties. Even though I'm a registered libertarian and I believe the ideologies for the most part, there are things I disagree with. And if I disagree with it, sorry, I disagree with it. You can tell me I'm not libertarian enough. You can do whatever you want. But I'm still out there trying to get people registered to vote as a libertarian. I'm still trying to get libertarian candidates elected. But here's the other one. You know how Republicans will say, oh, Joe, Joe Smith over there is running for Congress. Well, he's, he needs to beat that Democrat. So we need to back him. And people say, oh, well, you know, Joe has a really bad habit of this and a really bad. Oh, it doesn't matter. We need to beat that Democrat. So they back that candidate. I'm not that guy. If right. I don't care, you're a libertarian, but I find out that you're a, you're a child molester. Guess what? I'm not voting for you. <laughs> That's not happening, you know, and and I vote for people based on who I think will do the best job and will and will. And I'm going to be honest and is best for me and my family, period. You get to have your vote. So you get to vote for who you think is best for you and your family. I get to vote for who's best for me and my family. And in the end, we're going to get somebody who is good, at least everybody thinks, for the majority of people. That's what you hope, right? So anyway, Abe, I, we got to cut this off. It's been fun. You can, you guys can find Abe at patreon.com forward slash The Bitter Truth. He has a great show called The Bitter Truth. And um, where else can they find you, Abe? Uh, that's pretty much it. My, my, my Twitter handle is at This Is The Deal. And uh, 
full name on Facebook if you all want to look me up there. Uh, Instagram, same thing. But uh, the main site is patreon.com forward slash the bitter truth. Uh, you can become a bitter pill, but the shows are free. You can listen to them all you want. We're on iTunes and everything else. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you being on. And I hope you come on again. We have like this little group that comes on. I've got about four regulars at this point, and I'd love to add you to that rotation because okay. you, you're one of those rare people who can talk about pretty much any topic and you don't just blow smoke. Like one of the things that has always impressed me about you, man, is you remember dates. You remember facts that other people would have long since forgotten. I love that you're not afraid to just say what's on your mind, speak your piece and let the chips fall because that's how more people should be. And if more people were like you, this country wouldn't be as fucked up as it is right now. And I sincerely mean that it's, I, I, I still think it's crazy how we, how we ended up meeting each other through a mutual friend that both of us have known since like our teenage years, you know, I mean, the world is so weird that to think that you're interacting with another person who's interacting with another person who eventually what hell 30 almost 40 years later suddenly we yeah. get this connection and like i think of you as a really good friend i think you know I, I i pay real close attention to your facebook posts i get a kick out of the people that respond to you because sometimes i look at victoria and i go this person is about to go through the wood chipper like they're <laughs> <laughs> They're about to go through the wood chipper and she laughs. She also follows your stuff. I mean, we, we enjoy you a great deal and think you're a great guy. In fact, you know, we're going to be, we're probably going to be coming to Austin sometime in the next six months. And so I'll definitely let you know we can get together because, you know, it's That'd be great. That'd be great. Cool, man. Well, well, I'm going to, I'm going to close this out. It's uh, been a pleasure having you on here. So this has been another episode of Liberty Revealed. If you like what you heard, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. If you didn't like what you heard, just ignore that last suggestion. And if you'd like to learn more about personal liberty, grab your free copy of my book, Liberty Revealed, by heading over to yogispodcastnetwork.com forward slash Liberty Revealed. And until next time, stay free. Thanks for listening to Liberty Revealed, the show where you learn about all things liberty. Please visit the show's website at yogispodcastnetwork.com backslash LR, where you can reach out to Mike directly with your questions and comments. Again, that is yogispodcastnetwork.com backslash LR.